0: Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to Free For All Friday. We are coming back to your phone calls. The legendary author, John Grisham, also a sports fan and a big one, UVA, UNC and otherwise, Mississippi State as well. John Grisham, last hour, your phone calls right now. Daryl in Wake Forest actually has a John Grisham story. Of all days to share it, today would be a good day. Don is in Southport and has the NFL and Colin Kaepernick on his mind. Brandon is in Raleigh and wants to talk college football. And I have an important breaking news update, kind of a follow-up to a previous breaking news update on that Cam Newton guy. Darren, don't let me forget also to tell you why I personally am glad that NFL legend OJ Simpson, did you see his Halloween costume last night? I am personally glad that OJ dressed up as the young, rising Kansas City Chiefs star quarterback Patrick Mahomes. Uh, for Halloween last (laughs) night. Okay, I'll I'll make sure to remind Very important reason that I'm glad he dressed as Patrick Mahomes. The breaking news includes this. You know Cam has a younger brother, Kalen, who was a very successful quarterback for Howard University. He's transferring. That's not the breaking news part. He is taking an official visit, or a recruiting visit I should call it, because I'm not sure if it's official or unofficial, to a team in our state. The Charlotte 49ers resurgent under the first-year head coach Will Healy are hosting Kaylin Newton for a recruiting visit this weekend. That's pretty cool. Meanwhile, and more importantly, frankly, earlier today we told you about ESPN's Josina Anderson reporting that Cam Newton is, as we speak, seeing a foot specialist. And her tweet was breaking news in the sense that who knew that Cam Newton was not hanging out in Charlotte waiting for the Titans to visit the Panthers on Sunday? We all knew Kyle Allen was going to get the start again. It'll be Allen against Ryan Tannehill, uh, the backup in Tennessee, who's leapfrogged Marcus Mariota for performance-related reasons. Cam, of course, still dealing with his foot injury. There's now an update to the update to the update, and Ian Rapoport of the NFL Network Gave more details on Josina Anderson's Cam Newton report and added this, which is a spooky, eerie Halloween-type thing for most Panthers fans to hear. Quote, playing football for Cam Newton remains a long way off. That was Ian Rappaport a little bit earlier today. You can follow him at Rap Sheet. Let me get you the exact uh, terminology here as he kind of followed up on the Josina Anderson report. Uh, He actually talked to Marty Herney as well. I spent a long time speaking with Cam this week, Herney said, and he's done everything he possibly can in his rehab process to get his foot to 100%. Unfortunately, we just have not reached that point. Now, the Panthers did put out a little bit earlier in today's show an official update um, on Cam, but Josina Anderson's report was maybe right when our show was starting. Ian adds... Cam has not played since mid-September, and his sprained foot is not getting better. He hasn't done anything more than rehab on the side. The visit to Dr. Anderson in Green Bay, that was Josina Anderson's report, is to learn why his condition is not improving despite the rehab, according to Ian Rappaport's source, for at rap Sheet and the NFL Network. Again, he ended that tweet by saying, for Cam Newton, playing football remains a long way off. That's got to be frustrating. You're doing everything the trainers and doctors are telling you to do. Theoretically, with almost all injuries, you're getting closer to your return. And he sounds like his foot hurts just as much as it did to start the season when, remember, he was lying to his coaches and doctors and telling us that he was okay. That's the competitive part of Cam Newton. I'm not burying him for trying and wanting to play. It just set him back even further. It was his shoulder last year, then he tweaked his foot in the preseason, then he was kind of playing down the situation to his coaches and trainers and doctors, and then he made it worse in that 0-2 start for the Panthers. So we again, we knew that it would be another day of Kyle Allen Sunday against Tennessee. That part's not new, but this is kind of a bleak outlook for Cam Newton, given the Josina Anderson and Ian Rappaport reports this afternoon. Steve's in Apex, Brandon's in Raleigh, Don's in Southport, Darrell's in Wake Forest as we come back to your free-for-all Friday phone calls. Do you know what my advice would be to O.J. Simpson? Like, he's with us, Darren. We went through Mike Tyson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. We've had all these legends. John Grisham from the writing world. Maybe O.J.'s with us one day. And we're talking Halloween costumes. And he says, I'm going to be Patrick Mahomes. Did you actually see it? I did. He actually looked pretty good. Yeah. No, it was a pretty well-done costume. Since being released from prison, he's done a lot on social media, some of it distasteful, some of it fun. And I think the Halloween look at me on Patrick Mahomes fit the fun category rather than the distasteful category. Imagine sitting down with OJ and discussing his possible Halloween costumes. Imagine the nerve-wracking nature <laughs> of giving him Halloween costume advice. What if he wanted to be Michael Myers from the Halloween movies? Would would we... Hey, hey OG, I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, you want to bring a plastic knife with that Michael Myers yeah. outfit, or are you going for something a little more shiny and authentic? Uh, all right, yeah, I see, DG. That's probably bad, a bad idea, maybe to... Ta- Maybe I'll go as a Ginsu knife salesman instead. Did you ever see those ads on TV? Oh, yeah, man. That's a that's a creative idea there, OJ. <laughs> uh, again, I'm not so sure about the knife motif there. Maybe we should be thinking. Have you heard of ha- Pat Mahomes? Do you have a Chiefs jersey lying <laughs> around? Maybe that's a better idea. When it comes down to it, I think our advice to OJ at Halloween As we come back to your free-for-all Friday phone calls, wouldn't it essentially be the same advice that we would give a nameless character in a slasher movie like Friday the 13th or like Michael Myers in the Halloween movies? Wouldn't it be, uh, stay away from the tool shed, right? (laughs) Uh, Stay away from all kitchen utensils, including sharp knives. Right. And maybe let's just dodge the sharp object category entirely, O.J. (laughs) How about that? Hey, here's a headband. That goes with your Chiefs jersey. How's Patrick Mahomes sound for Halloween 2019? Indeed, that is good advice in slasher films, and it remains really good advice as long as O.J. is trying to stay on this side of the tastefulness line. Daryl and Wake Forest actually has a John Crisham story on the same day that John Grisham was our star guest on our air, airwaves. Daryl, welcome to Free For All Friday. Go right ahead.
1: Thanks, David. Always a pleasure.
2: And this time, you know, I'm not talking about sports, but I got to tell you, you, I'm going to validate, not that you need me, but validate your judge of character. So I'm living in Charlottesville, Virginia, working as a general manager in a staple store, downtown Charlottesville. All right. So lo and, behold, lo and behold, I've got an associate, you know, running that, our printing side of the business and says to me just offhanded as I took over that store, oh, that was John Grisham there. What? John Grisham. So he would come in regularly and have many of his drafts, his corrections printed in our copy centers. And so not that I ever changed the end of any of his stories <laughs> or, yeah, or offered any any constructive thing, but I want to tell you this. I mean, I've met famous people that are complete idiots, that didn't have time for anybody, yeah. but this guy is so down-to-earth and approachable, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, you you can always recognize him because he wears the same thing, 365, 24-7. It's a blue blazer, a white dress shirt, jeans, and loafers. That's John Grisham. But if it was the person sweeping my floor or the person running my copy center or, or God forbid, somebody made a mistake on, on something that he was printing as a draft or whatever, Yeah. just the nicest guy and really just, you know, that's we, great we appreciate to hear that from yeah you, you appreciate that from people that can either buy and sell you and or you know it you know life's a different story for them so just a totally cool person and it was great to, to listen to him on your show really
0: good really nice job thank you very much for listening for that story as well I'm the type of person that's just skeptical enough my wife the lovely and talented Maria sees only the good in people and I love seeing the good in people But let's just say one of the reasons we work as a partnership is that I've just got a little lawyer-like, journalistic, evidence-based skepticism in me. So I don't believe when either somebody's described as a jerk or somebody's described as a great guy. You know when I start to believe it? When people nearer their inner circle tell me what they're like when the cameras are off and there's no microphones nearby, right? So, for example, we've become friends with Tony Bennett of UVA. I didn't believe that Tony Bennett is as nice as it is possible to be as a human being until I collected evidence from other coaches and athletic directors that I knew. And then now that I've known Tony for a while, I can tell you, he is as genuine an article as you will ever meet in or out of the sports world. So I've done my same research on John Grisham. Now, I do know him and respect him as a lawyer, as a writer, as a speaker, as a guy who served as a politician, as a lover of baseball, as a family man, as a guy that I believe stands up for the little guy, stands up for what's right, stands up for what's wrong, stands up to what's wrong in the criminal justice system, among other contexts, or even American politics, for that matter. I admire him in all those ways. But every time I'm told a story by somebody who knows him in a way that I don't. I mean, I'm thrilled to interview him. I'd love to get to meet him someday in person. Take him out to dinner. I wonder, would it be hard to impress John Grisham with, like, the right bottle of wine? That might be an expensive night out. Oh, yeah. I have a feeling maybe. Maybe he's had a few (laughs) of those. Uh, But that day may come. Who knows? He's here in the Triangle a lot because of the grandkids, Darren. So you're saying there's a chance is the bottom line there. Everything I've heard backs up the story that Daryl just told, that that's just who he is. And at the other end of the spectrum, by the way, sometimes somebody describes somebody as a jerk. You know, it's somebody fired that person. Every once in a while you find out, well, I don't know who's the jerk there. You know, maybe the guy you're describing as a jerk uh, had to call you out for being, I don't know, incompetent, breaking the rules, stealing stuff. So I'm like the peel-the-onion-follow-the-evidence peel guy. And I love when those things have happy endings like genuine quality people like John Grisham and Tony Bennett, who are not only great at what they do, that's the part all of us can see. It's a little harder to know who's who as a human being. And in both of those cases, every evidence that I've collect, every bit of evidence I've collected suggests that they are also the real deal. In that regard, one 800 Brandon in Raleigh has an intriguing question in college football that is worth asking. Welcome to the Free for All Friday edition of the program. Brandon, what's on your mind?
2: Hey, thank you so much for having me. Um, I think that this is the year that we finally have the spark plug and the reasoning for having expansion for college playoffs. Okay. Years prior, it's been pretty clear cut to four teams, maybe five teams that have been there. But now we have so much parity in college playoffs that you have six ranked teams in the Big Ten. You have four in the Big 12. You have the ACC. You have a one-loss Oregon who's only lost out of conference. That at this point, we can't just have four teams anymore. We have to have the best eight to ten teams possible. And now we're losing out on that because Tomorrow, with Georgia and uh, Florida, you're going to have a one loss team that's probably going to miss out on the playoffs.
0: Yeah, here's I I don't know. It sounds like you're an advocate for an 18 playoff, and I would be in your camp. I'm totally okay for the day will come. I just don't know when it's going to come. For a long time, you know, covering college football since 1987 there was a long stretch where I was wondering whether the football playoff concept would ever come. And that may sound strange to young people because it did come, and now we're well into the college football playoffs four-team format. But it felt like it might never come, at least for a while. So here we are at four. It's going to stay four for a little while longer. Of course, when the contract is up, they're going to revisit all these concepts. The reason that I'm a little skeptical that this year will be that breaking point is that if you remember, last year... You had a couple of things that I thought would get more people even more angry. Number 1, you had UCF sitting there at 12 and 0. It's there's a lot of folks that gravitate to the idea, wait a minute. UCF played everybody they could play, beat everybody that they could beat, and you know, even beat a 10-win Cincinnati team if I remember correctly last year. Okay, they're only in the AAC, but 12 and 0 is 12 and 0, right? Last year, what we also had was, remember, it was Oklahoma was 12-1 and one and Ohio State was 12-1. and one. Last year was the weird year where we had three undefeated teams, right? It was Alabama undefeated. It was Clemson undefeated. It was Notre Dame undefeated. And they get in. Then it was one loss Oklahoma, one loss Ohio State. Uh, I don't think there were any more prominent one-loss teams. But again, what gets people mad? when you have to split hairs between the one-loss Sooners and the one-loss Buckeyes. Remember that? The Buckeyes' one loss turned out to be a blowout last year, and it came back to haunt them. But the Sooners got in and the Buckeyes didn't, even though they had the same record. And that upsets people. But yet it wasn't a breaking point, right? Neither the 12-0 team that didn't make it, nor the splitting of hairs among one-loss resumes, two things a lot of people hate. Neither of those. Both happened last year and yet it did not create the, enough of a firestorm that the college football playoff committee started talking about such things. Now, there, it might be a different version this year. I mean, there's a long way to go. That's why it's hard to know how it's going to shake out. Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, LSU, and Penn State are all highly ranked undefeated teams, but we know some are going to fall by the wayside because LSU and Alabama play each other next week. Uh, Ohio State and Penn State play each other in late November you know Minnesota is still undefeated but they still have have to deal with Penn State a week from tomorrow so the the ranks of the unbeaten are going to continue to dwindle as they always do and I think we're going to end up you know what the other rule of thumb is if you lose twice don't complain no matter how good your resume is was it last year Georgia had a great resume but they were 11 and 2 now I mean their losses were pretty darn good losses and a lot of those one-loss or no-loss teams might not have done better than 11-2 and two against the schedule that Georgia played. They lost to number one Alabama in the SEC title game, and they lost to a really good like top-ten-ish LSU team. Those are two pretty darn good losses if you have to lose. But what's the rule of thumb now? If you're in the Power Five and you win them all, you're in. If you're any team and you lose twice or more, you're out. If you're outside the Power 5, good luck to you, even if you go undefeated the way UCF did. And then if you're in the Power 5 and you lose once, you have a chance. But you might have a chance just like three or four others from other Power 5 conferences have a chance. I feel you with the possibility of this year being another straw. But I don't think we're at the point yet where there are enough straws to break the camel's back. Uh, maybe I'll be wrong. We'll see. You know how this is going to go. An undefeated Clemson will be in if it works out that way. An undefeated Ohio State Big Ten champion would be in, of course, if it works out that way. There's not going to be more than one undefeated at most from the SEC, but somebody will get in from that league in all likelihood. And then what if it's 12-1 and Big 12 champion Oklahoma – And 12 and 1 Pac 12 champion Oregon. And what would it be? Could you be 12 and 1 and an SEC runner up? In some cases, yes. Like that's what we're going to end up with. But I don't think that's dramatically different than what we had last year. And I don't think the system is going to change until the end of the current contract, which has several years still to run. 1 800 849 2761. We're halfway to Margaritaville, and Don wants to bring up Colin Kaepernick in the NFL. Woo! That's not exactly past the margarita material, is it? Steven Apex has hockey on his mind. I have a lot on Week 9 in the NFL, which offers us a whole bunch of tasty post-Halloween-style treats. Did you guys get the bag of uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups that Maria sent in for Oh, you? yeah. All oh, right. yeah. I, I actually texted her in thanks and told her that after yesterday's story about the lone time that you were responsible for candy, I don't know if I would have trusted you to make that very correct decision on the peanut butter cups. All right, so the candy bars (laughs) were the size of the little kids' heads because Maria asked me to go to the store and get candy, and I came home with the jumbo size. (laughs) I don't know. I'm just a dude. I'm just a guy, man. Trying to run a business there and trying to run a radio show, run a magazine and a website. There was candy to hand out. Now, if the little kid's bucket fell to the ground under the weight of the supersized Snickers because it was too heavy <laughs> a for, good the little, problem to have. for the it's little a ones good to problem hold it, to have. Yeah, you know. That's a lot of candy. Hey, chop it up when you get home. Give the dog a little. Give your brothers and sisters a little bit and take a little bite for yourself. What, what ain't, the more, the merrier when it comes to Halloween candy is how I look at it. Uh, as you know, the day after, if there's too much of that candy stuff laying around our household, she's going to find you guys to take some, some neighbors to take some, some work colleagues to take some. You better grab it while it's there in the Glenn household (laughs) because it ain't going to be around much longer if the lovely and talented Maria has her way. 1-800-849-2761. Do you think John Grisham has that issue with his wife? Probably not. One more thing to add to that list of differences back to your free-for-all Friday questions comments and complaints 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program you can be next on the David Glenn show Kurt Busch is joining us 38 year old champion of the Daytona 500 well, I went out with Gronk last night after uh, after we won the race did you Man, really it
2: was fun got about an hour of sleep I asked him I go hey when do you have to report to training camp he goes July I said well we can't be friends because <laughs> I gotta go back to
0: racing Stay with us on the David Glenn Show.
2: A lot of his playing time earlier in the year were were kind of late in games. It wasn't normal playing time. It was kind of mop-up time. But he went in fairly early against B.C. and played over half the game and looked really good. He's got a very strong arm. I think he reads coverage as well. He can put the ball in tight places. And you can tell that he was playing with a lot of confidence. And they've had two weeks now to get him ready. I'm sure we're going to get the best version of him that's out there.
0: Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. We do have lines open for the first time in a long time. The legendary author and sports fan, John Grisham, dropped by earlier. You can drop by right now. 1-800-849-2761. That was Dave Klausen of Wake Forest. Although it's a quieter weekend in college football for reasons I'll explain in a second. (laughs) Jay is calling from Costa Rica. Steve is in Apex. Don is in Southport. Matt is in Raleigh. Some combination of hockey, Basketball, NFL, college football, Halloween, NCAA amateurism model, and other things. 1 800 849 2761. Whereas it's mostly a quiet weekend nationally in college football. The top five teams, four don't play at all, and the other, Clemson hosts Wofford in a near-certain victory at Death Valley. So that makes it a much quieter than usual at-the-top college football weekend. Closer to home, though, UVA at UNC is huge for reasons we discussed. NC State is at Wake Forest. Dave Klaassen there was describing the redshirt freshman, Devin Leary, who has had the two full weeks of practice given the Wolfpack's off week last weekend to prepare for the number 23 Demon Deacons in the first start of his college career. Middling quarterback play and sometimes bad quarterback, quarterback play, has been weighing down this Wolfpack season. Meanwhile, sometimes elite quarterback play has elevated the Wake Forest season. Deacons are 6-1, and, and in the top 25, the Wolfpack is just kind of scratching and clawing, maybe even will need to scratch and claw more just to get into a bowl game after back-to-back nine win seasons. Those two go head, head, head to head tomorrow at noon on ESPN. Virginia Tech is at number 16 Notre Dame. Miami and Florida State go head to head in a game that used to matter a lot not so much this year the loser might not even make a bowl game between the canes and the seminoles ecu hosts number 17 cincinnati that's a brutally difficult challenge for the pirates we're headed to elon for the phoenix's homecoming with our big tailgate tour we'll see you there next to road stadium from 11 a.m to the two two o'clock or so kickoff inside road stadium 1-800-849-2761 the nfl offers a great weekend if you can only watch one game Whether you're a Panthers fan or not, I'd say it's the 8-0 Patriots at the 5-2 Ravens, and they're nice enough to make that in the exclusive Sunday night window on NBC. Tom Brady versus Lamar Jackson, although they're never on the field at the same time as such things turn out. Maybe more specifically, it is Bill Belichick, who has been an NFL head coach longer than Lamar Jackson has been alive against that dynamic dual-threat QB. The Patriots defense has historically good numbers so far this season, and Lamar Jackson has historically good run-pass combo numbers so far this season. Jackson leads the NFL with seven yards per carry and is actually, as a quarterback, among the top ten NFL rushers this year. He's the only quarterback in NFL history with 1,600-plus passing yards and 500-plus rushing yards through the first seven games of a regular season. It is truly historic stuff for him personally, but that Patriots defense, sometimes against suspect competition, but still, historically good numbers for New England head coach Bill Belichick. What a matchup awaiting us Sunday night. Of course, your Panthers host the 4-4 four and four Tennessee Titans. That will be Kyle Allen against Ryan Tannehill in the quarterback matchup rather than Cam Newton against Marcus Mariota. The other best to watch, 6-2 and two Minnesota visits 5-3 Kansas City. The Bears are at the Eagles. The Colts are at the Steelers. The Packers are at the Chargers. And if you set your clocks back properly, Overnight into Sunday, you get breakfast in London football with 4-4 four and four Jacksonville taking on the 5-3 and three Texans. That's a Gardner-Minshew-Deshaun Watson quarterback matchup, so better than what the Brits are used to getting with the NFL schedules that we usually send to the other side of the pond. one 800 Paul is in Kinston, and next on the David Glenn Show, welcome to the program.
2: Hey, David. Uh, uh, glad to be on. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, I was calling about the uh, competitive, uh, you had a caller earlier saying that the competitive balance would be, it would get worse like in uh, college athletics. Maybe, would yeah. Players- would, uh, would the players be unused to likeness? I totally disagree with that, okay. um, especially in basketball. Take, um, for example, this past year, you look at uh, like a player like Cam Reddish. Uh, he would have probably had a better shot at choosing somewhere like uh, Wake Forest, for example, knowing he could be like number one in Winston salem if, He knows he could sell his jersey and with his name on the back and get paid for it, which he definitely should have the right to do.
0: Where he's not going to be able to sell so many jerseys if he's behind uh, uh, that Zion Williamson and that R.J. Barrett guy. I I get the logic there. I'll tell you what, one thing I think we can all agree, I mean, you have a theory as how it could level the playing field. Others have theories of how it could make an already unlevel playing field even more unlevel. I think the NCAA decision-makers themselves – don't claim to know all intended or unintended consequences. That's just the reality. They're going to come up with a set of rules that does allow athletes to explore the free market and take some of this third-party money. Just everybody remember, I can already tell you two limits on the new system, and they haven't even put pen to paper yet. One limit is going to be you're still not allowed to pay for play. If you're, you can't play your sport and get paid for it. So don't shoot free throws at the local Carl dealership. Don't offer to play your sport, whatever it is, football, basketball, you know, in some sort of exhibition where you get compensated for that. That rule's not changing, just so everybody understands. That is pure professionalism. You are accepting compensation of some kind to perform or participate in your chosen sport. That is still under this new system that's coming against the NCAA rules. I promise you that. What they've already said, because again, the name, image, likeness stuff is going to be new, but only within the collegiate model, those were the important words in that announcement earlier this week, y'all know what else is going to be prohibited. You can't have boosters enticing somebody to sign a school with this money. You can't even have boosters enticing somebody to stay at their current school with this money. So if you're picturing the car dealership or the guy who runs a company that advertises on billboards. Getting recruits to sign with school A or B or getting prominent players to stay instead of transferring out, if they're tied, they better not put it in writing that that's what is tied to the money, or that's going to be against NCAA rules, and the booster's going to get into trouble, and the school's going to get into trouble, and the kid's going to still be jeopardizing his eligibility. Now, if it's just third party money, as you said, jersey sales, autograph signings are going to be okay. Uh, putting your name and likeness in the video game, you're going to be able to be compensated for that. You can be a pitch man, but you better write those agreements the right way. If anything in writing is tied to your decision, recruiting or otherwise, transfer or otherwise, then it's going to be against the rules. And even if you're smart enough to not put it in writing, if they can show that this is really a sham and it's just a booster trying to help his favorite football, basketball, or other team, uh, that stuff is still going to be against the rules. Does it make a level play more of a level playing field? I'm skeptical, but I, I don't claim to know all those answers. I don't think anybody, we don't even have the new rules yet. I'm telling you two things that I guarantee you will be in the new rules. There are other things I'm not so sure if I were on the committee which way I would go when it comes to the devil being in these details. What is going to change for the first time ever, and that's why it was a landmark week is these athletes will be able to explore the free market for what they can get for the use of their name, image, and likeness. What we don't know is how that's going to be allowed within the collegiate model. Those are two restrictions I can tell you right off the top of my head. Knowing the NCAA, they'll have a lot more restrictions than just the two that I mentioned. Actually, I can think of a third. Guarantee it. What do I call it there in the Ranch Farm and Dog Special? Here's another. These are three Ranch Farm and Dog Specials for what will be in this new set of rules. And they're not even paying me $1,000 an hour to help me put this to help them put this together at the NCAA level. If a school has a contract with an outside company in any category, just picture say a Nike or Under Armour or Adidas contract, And the young man, the prominent young star in a prominent revenue sport who has a big profile and maybe lots of YouTube and Twitter followers or whatever, he gets an offer to be a pitch man also for a shoe and apparel company. Guarantee that it is in the NCAA rules that if the young man is trying to negotiate with a different company than the one the school already has a deal with, that ain't going to go. The NCAA will protect those mega-million-dollar school contracts, and the youngster is going to be able to have to – or are going to have to try to find something that does not conflict with something – a deal that his school already has in place. It's going to get hairy. Y'all can see some of the craziness, right? Well, what if the kid struck a deal in between you leaving in Adidas – and joining Under Armour. Is your new Under Armour deal just gonna make his Nike deal invalid? And how's that gonna be viewed by the court systems? Oh man. Or how far does that extend even past shoe companies, right? I mean teams yeah, were- have have sponsorship deals with with pizza chains and things what like if, that. What if your school has a deal with this pizza chain and he wants to he's asked to be a spokesperson for one of their competitors? Is that too close, or is it only the shoe? Like, he can't be out there wearing a different shoe than the coach and all the players right. are wearing. I think that's right? a little more that's obvious. That's going to be crystal clear. And then where does it go when you want to – I mean, there's a lot of fast food restaurants. What if your school has a deal with A and one of their direct competitors wants to put one of your players on a billboard? By I'll, I'll think of a fourth guaranteed ranch, farm, and dog special for the new rules. When you're on that billboard, you're not going to be wearing your university's jersey. Right. Yep. Book that one as well. So, all right, we're up to four, and we're only like four days into this new concept. By the time 2021 rolls around, I might have 100 different restrictions ready to go for you. Those four, book it, Danell. Jay in Costa Rica, you're next on the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Hey, how are you? Doing great, man. How's Costa Rica? How's Halloween in Costa Rica?
1: Halloween is different. They don't—they're they're not big on Halloween. No? The only people that celebrate are the expats. Okay. The, the locals are not—not not really into it.
0: I've been but, told that other countries do celebrate some version of Halloween. Not all—every country, but apparently we celebrate it to a greater degree than anybody else in the world. That's my understanding, although I am not a Halloween expert.
1: it's harder for kids to trick or treat here because. Depending where you live, a lot of the homes are behind bars and stuff. Yeah. You, there's no free access to a doorbell, anything like that. But I, I used to be, when I lived in Raleigh, I was a season's ticket holder to both the ice caps. And then after the Canes came, I, I was a season ticket holder for three years for them. And one of the games fell out on Halloween. So there was a dilemma. What, what do I do? Do I... Stay at home and yeah. hand out candy, or do I go to the game? Well, obviously, you go to the game. Of course. So I left out a huge bowl of candy with the sign. I said, "Take only one." I left it on the front porch. And needless to say, honor when I got system. Home. There was, yeah. There was nothing. No bowl. No nothing left.
0: Do we think? So do we think? Do we have any idea, like through the use of video surveillance or otherwise? Did most kids stick to the honor system and you just had that many visitors on Halloween night? Or do we think, you know, some young punk just emptied your whole bucket into his?
1: Uh, I think it was the first kid that came by that oh, had an easy evening. Just I, can't trust I, these kids I, I any day. <laughs> I, I don't know how much time yeah, but I have a quick story about genuine, genuineness, about celebrities that right, so you're talking yeah. about. I was at an autograph show. I, used to, I was an avid autograph collector. I used to go to all the Canes practices, you know, when they used to practice in, in Raleigh, not in the arena, and wait for the players to come out afterwards. And, you know, hockey players are probably the most fan-friendly uh, fan friendly of all the athletes. Um, but I went to an autograph show that was highlighted by I Dream of Jeannie, Barbara Eden. Yeah. the featured person. And she would go, uh, a lot of these old celebrities would make money by signing autographs after their careers were over. And she would go to shows with um, um, Major Nelson, which
0: was Larry Hagman. Also, quickly, a Halloween combo for the lovely and talented Maria and I. Major Nelson and I Dream of Jeannie. And, wow, was she a heck of a genie. I don't know how I did as Major Nelson, but anyway, I digress. Uh, now I'm really going to have a hard Major, time concentrating.
1: Major Nelson, uh, Larry Hagman, had died. All right. So she, she had already signed up to the show, and she didn't like to go alone, so she called Major Healy, Bill ooh, Daly. Ooh. And Bill Daly had never gone to an autograph show. Right. He said, well, what do I do? And she said, well, you just sit there. People come by and pay you money to sign an autograph. He said, they pay me money to sign an <laughs> autograph? He said, yes, yeah, really simple. So he went with her to the show. So I show up, and I go by the line by both of them, and I go by Major Healy, and he signs an autograph for me. And I don't think anything of it. And the show was in a hotel, and it was two days. So at 5.30... The, the signing was over. At 6 o'clock, who's sitting in the bar alone in the hotel? Major Healy, Bill Daly. So I figure, well, let me walk up to him. So I walk up to him, and I said, do you mind if I talk with you for a little while? He says, no, go ahead. So we sat there for about an hour and a half, and he told me the funniest stories about the people he worked with and... Um, Bob Newhart. He was Bob Newhart's accountant in <laughs> Chicago. That's how they met, and he he wound up being Bob Newhart's closest friend. But he, the the genuineness, and he had a black box. I said, "What's in the box?" He said, "It's the money that I made today, that from from all the people that came by." Cash. So, it was cash. Good old yeah. cash. He said, I couldn't believe it. These people are paying me money for my autograph. That's the cool. The stories that he had about all the famous Larry Hagman and, and, and especially Bob
0: Newhart. I love when celebrities turn out to be genuinely good people. Darren, have I ever told you my John C. McGinley story? Oh, yeah. <laughs> John C. McGinley. Can you picture... Like some people who watch the Scrubs TV shows. Oh, he's TV Dr. Show. Cox in Scrubs. Dr. To Perry me, Cox. To me, yeah. Uh, he was in Office Space. He was in The Rock. He was in Oliver Stone's Platoon movie. He was in Wall Street. I was at Top of the Hill Restaurant in Chapel Hill, where I also dined last night with one of my best friends from Philly, Chris McCormick and his daughter. Uh, Last-minute surprise from McCormick, which actually got me out of giving out uh, candy duty on the front porch of the Glenn household. Not that I don't enjoy that or anything, but I unexpectedly encountered John C. McGinley at Top of the Hill, and he was... Nicer than you could have possibly imagined. And he has had a fascinating career with all sorts of interesting stories to tell. Graduate of Syracuse. Did you know that? Huh. So we, can call, we can call him an ACC legend, John he C. Is, McGinley. He is. <laughs> uh, I believe he was living in Malibu at the time, and I had applied to Pepperdine Law School in Malibu. So we had another fun, interesting filled with exactly what you would expect it to be filled with conversation about the nature of Malibu, uh, California and those beaches and sites, if you will. Uh, but that's the best I have compared to that uh, I Dream of genie story. Thank you for chiming in from Costa Rica. We're back, on the da- we're back after this on The David Glenn Show. Rob Schneider joining us on the David Glenn Show. When they try to have three days of the NFL draft on TV, my friend said, hey,
2: you going to watch the NFL draft? was like getting excited about a strip club that's still under construction. (laughs) You see that building over there in a couple of months? There's going to be some breasts in there.
0: You're listening to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. We like to say we like the little guys. Of course, you all know the ACC schools are going to get a lot of attention. The Panthers in the NFL, the Hurricanes in the NHL the Hornets in the NBA you know they did get off to a two and three start Darren after those very low expectations they're winning too much I don't know what they're doing they're at the Warriors tomorrow night the Hornets are your Panthers of course host the four and four Tennessee Titans I'll see you at the Canes game tonight as they take on the Red Wings the lovely and talented Maria will be with me I won't be there tomorrow night but we are sending a bunch of listeners to that game so hope you enjoy the show against the Devils tomorrow evening a little off the beaten trail we've discussed UVA at UNC in that matchup nc state at wake forest and that matchup our trip to elon for the phoenix's homecoming as tony triciani is building an fcs power there do you know how many undefeated teams there are left in the state of north carolina's college football ranks NC, the, a lot of people don't even know we have 30 plus college football teams in north carolina so as the nfl is down to only the 49ers eight 0 after they beat the cardinals on thursday night football last night And the Patriots 8-0 as they visit the Ravens and Lamar Jackson on Sunday night. College has its dwindling handful, right? App State fell off of that list last night, losing at home to arch rival Georgia Southern. Out of the 30-plus in our state, there are two and only two at any level that are still undefeated. And you know what? They play each other tomorrow. How about that? It was too late for us to squeeze it in onto the tailgate tour, Darren, because when we say I do to Elon for a November 2nd game, we take that vow seriously. Lenore Ryan is number eight in the Division II ranks and has not lost. Winget is number 12 in the Division II polls and has not lost. They play each other at Lenore Ryan. May the best team win. Final thoughts and TV picks as we come down the stretch next. Mac Brown of the University of North Carolina. we got to win now. Let's don't start looking at rebuilding. Let's don't talk about how bad we are. Let's don't talk about we're not better than anybody. Let's figure out how to win. And that's what we've done. And, And the Coastal, because it's been up in the air every year, why shouldn't we have a chance?
2: Keep it dialed in to the David Glenn Show.
0: Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. We are coming down the stretch on today's program. And down the stretch they come song called lovely cruise by the one and only jimmy buffett that's darren vaught's next assignment in terms of guest getting given that he delivered my favorite author or one of them john grisham fellow speaker fellow sports fan fellow writer fellow lawyer and all-around good guy he's on both sides of the uva unc football game tomorrow night Full fun and family all weekend in football and beyond. Enjoy those games. We'll see you Monday on the David Glenn Show. Mr. President Barack Obama, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? David, it's great to be on.
2: It's wonderful to to talk to the folks in North Carolina. I always say uh, I love the state of North Carolina, love the people of North Carolina. Even the folks who don't support me down there are nice to me.
1: The David Glenn Show.